Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today we are speaking with Hanan Hakim, co-founder of HyperLeachy. Uh, HyperLeachy is an amazing new innovation that's on Kickstarter right now. Uh, set out to truly revolutionize the way that people execute daily tasks at home. It's an amazing, powerful scrubber uh, that I first got the opportunity to see at the Consumer Electronics Show last year. So I'm really excited that this innovation has launched, raised over $172,000 so far with close to 2,000 backers. So Hanan, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Roy. So this is a really cool innovation. I can't wait to use it in my kitchen for just all of the cleaning and dishes that I have to do these days now that everybody's at home and my kids are eating more than I think I've ever seen them eat before in their lives. So there's a lot of dishes going around. But this this in this product, you know, is definitely uh, has more than just one use case. So take us back to, I guess, 2016 when you founded the company and the inspiration to create this product. So in 2016, I was uh, visiting my, uh, you know, my great uncle and aunt, that is the, you know, my, my mother's uncle and aunt. So you can imagine they are really old. And uh, one fine day in the morning, I saw them cleaning uh, their kitchen. And my first reaction was that, please give me the, uh, you know, the scrubber so I can do it. And then I started to think, uh, you know, why, about, about this really annoying task that we have all taken for granted. And while it was uh, not very difficult for me, uh, to put in some arm strength, uh, you know, I saw my uncle and aunt really struggle. So uh, that that actually led to the uh, initial opening question as to why this task can't be made uh, simpler, faster, better, and easier. So that was the initial inspiration for actually, you know, uh, starting to create a product that would, you know, solve this nightmare of scrubbing by hand. Amazing. So let's talk about the process of then creating the product, right? The innovation itself. Where did that start in terms of, you know, beginning to design it, engineer it, and then find factories that can actually make this brand new thing? So I think um, that that comes with experience. Uh, I'm an industrial designer and I have been uh, designing products for almost a decade now and designing engineering and also bringing them to life. And um, I I think I honed all the skills of getting everything done uh, in one roof because uh, when I came, uh, when I when I returned to India from Italy, where I was working as a designer, uh, there were no jobs, you know, for industrial design, and so I started uh, going to all the big companies and uh, you know requesting projects, uh, you know, uh, from scratch. That which meant that I would need to do everything. At first, it was really challenging, but that really built my skill to design, engineer, and then also source the part components and manufacturing for those products. So I think it was just experience, uh, you know, that led to getting everything else in place. What were some of those challenges in terms of design and product? You know, our audience runs into hurdles all the time and many people get, you know, 90% of the race done and then they quit, you know. So what what allowed you guys to continue 
progressing forward and actually deliver such an amazing tool? Uh, the one thing that I, I would, uh, you know, advise any entrepreneur out there trying to build a product is perseverance. So it might, uh, you know, you might have failures and that's fantastic because the sooner you fail, the faster you will correct it and get better. Uh, and it should not be a deterrent to move forward. It should only be a tool to learn from. I think for us, there were many challenges when we were building this product because there was not a second product uh, that performed the way we wanted our product to perform. We had a, a, a different, unique approach to uh, creating a powerful scrubber than what others have done in the market uh, you know, previously. And uh, we, we, we really tried to overcome all those pitfalls and, and, you know, when you first make something from, when you copy somebody's idea, it's, it's much simpler than when you try and make a completely new innovative approach. You know, you, you will have to go through multiple iterations and countless failures to finally succeed. So I think we went about a total of hundred prototypes by the time we had the final version that we showcased at CES, which I think you, uh, you know, um, saw it as well. Uh, and that's there on the uh, campaign page right now. Yeah, it's truly impressive. And, you know, in terms of the product itself, uh, you know, I actually got a chance to, to use it and get a feel for it. And, you know, definitely truly innovative, especially, yeah, as you mentioned, for, for an older community to be able to, you know, clean multiple things in their house and just not being able to get in there with arthritis or whatever it may be in terms of other health issues. Yeah. So in terms of crowdfunding, how did you guys first get introduced to crowdfunding Kickstarter? So I have been following Kickstarter since, uh, you know, 2013 uh, or 2014, right? And I have always been amazed as to how, uh, you know, ideas can be brought to life by getting people to believe in uh, your cause. And um, I think that really boiled down to researching a lot more into how that works and how the, how the economics of that work. So uh, it's, it's been quite a while since I know about this platform. So talk about how you guys decided then that Kickstarter was the right path to launch this innovation on. So we debated a lot about, uh, you know, the platforms available out there, like, um, you know, um, Indiegogo and uh, Kickstarter. In the end, we finalized on going about Kickstarter because we, I mean, you know, we, we, we really built, uh, you know, our product and we, we do have a story, you know, uh, we, we are... We are all real people on this side uh, with a united story of building this product. And we knew that people on the platform, when we tell them our story, they would, uh, you know, they would, they would see us and they would see what we have worked hard for. And so it was a no brainer by the end of it, of actually putting everything down there and, uh, you know, selecting Kickstarter because it had a much wider community. Uh, and then we always knew that Indiegogo would be the second uh, place to continue our campaign and, uh, you know, keep scaling the campaign post the Kickstarter. So let's talk about prep work for the campaign itself. How long ago did you guys begin marketing or building up, you know, any marketing collateral assets, customer lists before the launch? We started preparing for the campaign three months prior. And that involved everything right from getting a, a, a team in place to shoot the video, getting some photography done, uh, getting a landing page professionally made. It also involved putting an ads team together to start uh, creating, uh, start uh, you know generating leads uh, that would back us on Kickstarter on day one. So I think three months uh, was, let's say, the starting point, and then it got really intense in the last month. So when you guys launched your campaign out there, you guys had some some really good you know early success uh, in terms of initial funding you know coming in and doubling day after day. How big was your pre-campaign you know database, and do you wish it was larger? 
I mean, I have very mixed feelings about this because we had we had about only thousand people uh, that we had for the pre campaign, and it's not that we didn't try to scale our ads. It's just that we were unable to get uh, enough signups at the uh, you know at a at a decent lead cost. So after thousand, when the costs just started jumping, we stopped. Uh, I would, of course, have wished for a much larger list, but uh, the biggest issue that I that I feel is not just nurturing the list, but also getting a decent conversion on the list that you that you generate so if you have a really inexpensive product and you spend quite a lot uh, to generate your your list uh, you might run into you know like a loss making statement for day one right uh, but for us it was i think just about break even you know on on the effort of actually doing the thousand leads and then getting uh, you know about i think we had about 30 people from the thousand uh, to who actually backed the the product Okay. So with the prep work leading up to the campaign, three months is certainly a, a decent amount of time in terms of 100 days to, to get that thing ready. Yes. Do you feel that there would be anything that you would have done differently during your pre-campaign uh, that you might do for your next product? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think the one thing that you know any creator should do uh, is get uh, an, uh, you know, a marketing agency to do testing for them, to test and see if the audience on Kickstarter is the right audience for their product because sometimes some products are brilliant for Kickstarter but they don't do well in retail and some products are amazing uh, you know I don't do well on Kickstarter but they're amazing in retail so that testing will give you an initial heads up of what kind of initial investment or uh, you know what kind of money you should be allotting to your campaign and if that should be and that will also help you like plan your goals and your and your uh, you know your, your path forward so I think I think that that is something that we sh- we would have we would do differently next time is actually test the idea out to the audience. Not that we are on a you know in a bad place right now. We are doing pretty good, but I w- I would do it this differently. Let's talk a little bit about your experience with the community that's come in so far backing your campaign. You know, ninety percent of these customers are pre-existing existing backers. You know, on Kickstarter itself, with only ten percent of the folks roughly being a first-time backer. Have you gotten much feedback from, you know, the, the Kickstarter backers out there, the super backers, if you will? And how have you gone about managing the feedback from these, these communities that you built? So th- there has been, uh, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of feedback, but there have been a lot of questions, right? And um, the, I, I think one of, the, one, one of the most common questions that people do uh, ask us are already, uh, you know, there on our campaign page like it's it's right there in our faqs and our uh, our campaign page uh, so there hasn't been anything that i would say that is that is drastically different but there, there are still a lot of people like what we have done is we've opened the conversation with our backers in our updates to give us feedback and ideas for attachments or product upgrades or things that they feel that might make skadu more more helpful and what we have realized is that there are people who do that. Like the comments, if you go through them, you'll find a lot of people giving ideas on, uh, okay, I want to use this for cleaning my shoes. Can I have a specific attachment for that? Or can you please uh, tell me if I can attach polishing pads to this product? You know, so there is a mixed variety of conversations happening. There are, of course, people who, uh, you know, uh, are question the power of the product or the, you know, the engineering of the product. And uh, that's where we, uh, you know, sort of... Uh, give them our uh, understanding and of why the product is made the way it is and uh, we also let them know at every stage 
that we are a hundred percent there and listening to what they are saying. So please keep giving us feedback because that's the whole point of getting early adopters on board to pick, the, you know, to get the product in their hands. Uh, if they don't keep giving us feedback and if they don't keep suggesting, you know, then that just sort of does not make them our backers in a way. It just makes them, uh, you know, customers that would have uh, come in much, you know, that have only come in earlier because they got a discount. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really important point in terms of, you know, Kickstarter allows the community to truly have a voice and have a one-on-one potential conversation or discussion with the creators themselves to improve it or, you know, add additional features on. And, you know, this is what we we learn throughout this process of how to make it better or how to appeal to potentially more consumers that are out there through the comments that they leave. So what has been the biggest thing or like the number one takeaway uh, that you can educate our audience on in terms of the whole process of launching on Kickstarter for the first time? I would say that uh, the the see there there are two ways to uh, you know look at launching on kicks launching on Kickstarter. One is that you really need to be confident about your product and your offering. You know, uh, make something that people want and test that to check if people want that. And once you have that, then uh, the path is uh, based on what you can uh, you know how how you want to uh, you know scale your campaign. Like if you can work with an agency, uh, that's fantastic because they will really help you scale and they have all the uh, you know the the know-how and the and the talent to actually drive a campaign forward but in our case uh, you know we were slightly cashed out like we didn't have a lot of money on us so uh, we really had to just do it on our own and we and you know we figured it on our own so it was a it was a little uh, slightly uh, i wouldn't say slightly but a lot more difficult for us to achieve uh, you know this this path and i'm sure that we would have been a lot more in a much better place if we had an agency in place so yeah i think I, I would say that get a product in place that works that is uh, you know tell your story be honest with your story uh, you know because backers uh, or you know are also smart people out there who will see through you if you lie to them and that's happening on many campaigns out there right so don't uh, you know don't hide anything be honest tell them uh, you know what you're doing and your story will reflect that automatically and get an agency if you can <laughs> So what's uh, what's been the biggest surprise of the campaign so far? I know you got uh, six days left as we record this. Uh, any surprises so far? There, uh, I think the biggest surprise is projects we love. <laughs> we were not expecting that, and I think we uh, when we got that, we were very excited and very happy. And and you know these are all uh, apart from the fact that they also help get you backers. Uh, these are also you know like these small wins that you have in life that add to your happiness in that stage of your life. So for us, it was a very happy surprise to get projects we love during our campaign. Got it. Where uh, I'm interested to know where you guys are headed next. What's the next innovation that you guys are going to be launching? So our first priority focus is to get Skadu out. Uh, and post that, uh, we are already uh, you know, working towards a conceptual model of Skadu Ultra, which is going to be uh, not just restricted to cleaning, but uh, also many other uh, you know, uh, things that you can do around your house using a rotary tool. Uh, where it can have an array of attachments. So it might be the last tool that you will ever buy at home. So that would, uh, you know, probably be our next uh, move in the in this in this space. Man, well, I can't wait to see that invention. Well, Hanan, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Sure. All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Necessity is the mother of all invention. Like I said, when I came back, Uh, to India I could not get a job and automatically I was pushed to do something on my own to be an industrial designer and that just led to entrepreneurship when you run your own studio you're technically an entrepreneur and then I never looked back 
Amazing. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? So James Dyson. Ah, interesting choice. What, what would be your first question for him? How does he derive his happiness in life? Yeah. He went through quite a few different models of products to get him out there, right? And he went through a pretty uh, rough stretch making his company and building his company to where it is. So, I, uh, you know, for, for someone who can build an empire like this, it's really crucial to know how he kept himself happy. And that, that I think, is the key to life. Absolutely. Uh, any book you would recommend to our aspiring entrepreneurs? Absolutely. Jugard Innovation. J-U-G-A-A-D. Jugard Innovation. And I think this is a book that every entrepreneur should read. And if I can just elaborate for, uh, you know, a quick 10 seconds on this is that I read a post on LinkedIn recently where, uh, you know, a Silicon Valley based product design company said that if you don't have two years and two million dollars to develop a product the size of your palm, you shouldn't even start. And when I read that, I just laughed and laughed. And I wish I could show them, you know, ways to do it in under $20,000. <laughs> this book is all about frugal innovation. And I, I, I hope that all entrepreneurs and I wish for all entrepreneurs to read it. Uh, it's the first time on the show, so I'm looking forward to reading it and sharing it with the audience. And on last question, and I know you're doing your first campaign and it's almost done, but really interested to hear your take on what does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think um, a lot more local, the future of crowdfunding. Like right now, I think what we are doing is we are reaching out to people who are in different countries and different parts of the world, but we are not really tapping a lot into our local communities. And I think that the future of crowdfunding is going to be getting more and more people in your local community to participate. Yeah, no solid, solid insights there, sir. Well, this is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go and why they should check you out. Sure. So Skadoo is a handheld electric scrubber that comes with multiple attachments and uh, it removes and takes away the nightmare of scrubbing by hand. And I think this is a problem that anybody who's listening to this can relate to. The product is, uh, you know, up on Kickstarter right now. It's live. There are five days to go and we are still uh, running our early bird tier. Uh, so uh, you can go on kickstarter.com and search for Skadoo. S-K-A-D-U. Skadoo. And uh, it, will show, it will show right up. Awesome. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign, and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Hanan, thank you so much for your invention and coming on our show. Thank you for having me, Roy. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.